got a great song to play, you know. Just, uh, uh, Hello? Have you ever snogged a lady? Um, we had a technical problem. Are we on? Yeah, <laughs> we're on there. Can I swear? The existence of radio waves was first proven by German physicist Heinrich Hertz on the 11th of November 1886. Since then, through the ingenuity and endeavour of humankind, we've harnessed said waves from Morse code to send messages into deep space to engage with civilizations light years away, and also remote controlled cars. But undoubtedly, the most important application of radio waves, the use that has furthered the advancement of human beings over the last 136 years, is to ensure as many people as possible hear an Ed Sheeran song at least every two hours. This is Crunch and Roll, the podcast that talks to some of the best broadcasting talent around about the lighter side of the radio industry. So if you know what I mean when I say the smell of the latest issue of Extracts, this is the podcast for you. I'm John Fox, known to some as Foxy, done breakfast shows across the UK on commercial and more recently the BBC. And on Crunch and Roll, we talk to some people who are household names and some which are less so. And I guess today's probably falls into the latter category, but there is no doubt in my mind he is a legend in our mutual hometown of Hull and a radio hero of mine. Uh, today's victim is Mark Summers, who, uh, do you know, I'm eternally grateful to because he got me my first ever professional radio gig. Um, he's a massive talent and he could drink anybody under the table. Now, you're going to hear some of his amazing stories from his career where you'll find out why Cindy from EastEnders called him the world's biggest toss pot, um, why he was known as the dirty northerner at one of his stations. And uh, also, uh, one of my favourite stories he's about to share is the unusual place he was when he got a job offer. Just to let you know, it's a little bit sweary and it does contain some adult content. So tune in and rip the knob off your crunch and roll. Oh, yeah. I'm overly excited to welcome to our soon-to-be award-winning podcast, Crunch and Roll, the lovely Mark Summers. Hello. Hello. I'm really excited to be doing this. I, I, look, podcast aside, it's just nice to see your face. And I know we're not going to make this too in because the director of this podcast has, has double <laughs> warned us not to make it too in. But we have, I mean, I let's just get all the in stuff out now if uh, i mean it sounds like the okie okay but if you if you get what i mean so you and i first met when i was uh, at hospital radio at kingstown kingstown radio and I, I remember somebody from kingstown saying oh we've got this this young kid who wants to come in he's interested in doing radio would you mind if he sat in on one of my shows and i said oh god who's this guy he's probably going to be rubbish like some of the other people at hospital radio were and Mark came in and I said, listen, mate, you can read out the chemist rotor just to let people know of the 24-hour chemists that are going to be open uh, across Hull. You came in, read it, and I thought, <laughs> Christ, this guy is good. Like, I genuinely, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> can you remember the chemist rotor, Mark? No, I can't. I can't remember what time they're open. But one thing is here in Cairo, where I live, like there's one every few meters and they're open like 24 hours. So you're never stuck for a chemist in Cairo. That's what I would say. <laughs> and I think it's worth saying that well, you are now living in Cairo, which is why you're in your flat um, in Cairo, which is why there might mm. be a little bit of road noise because you've kindly turned off the aircon system because <laughs> it's so noisy. So you've had to open a window. I mean, how yeah. hot is it in Cairo right now? It's about 42 degrees. 
today, so uh, I am sweltering. And uh, Cairo is notoriously one of the noisiest cities in the world. So it's the hustle and bustle uh, that you'll hear in the background. All right, and just one more thing to get, I think just the elephant in the room, I think we get it out of the way now. Can I just apologise for doing a poo on your sofa when we live together on the marina? <laughs> oh, go straight in with the big stuff there, John. <laughs> 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 so when I started working at Viking FM when I was I don't know about 17 I guess well eventually you joined and you stayed on my sofa and you came back drunk fell asleep on the sofa shat yourself and then turned the cushion over <laughs> and didn't tell me about it and then kept it for a rainy day for, for a radio feature, if I remember rightly, to reveal this news, which I'm delighted about. <laughs> that sofa also was once sat on by the previous inhabitant of the flat, who was uh, JK from JK and Joel, as was. So I don't know. I'm not sure if he shat himself on that sofa as well. I don't know how many people have pooped. <laughs> on that sofa but i soon i quickly got rid of it <laughs> and do you know what thinking about it it was you that got me the job at viking so i i am eternally grateful for that you started my career so hospital radio viking fm let's just talk about your time at viking good times mm. yeah great times actually best times uh, 9 years i was there at first i went back for several months uh, before i came to cairo later on but for the first nine years, it was great. I started off doing a Saturday night show, four hours on a Saturday night uh, when I was 17, getting paid £50 for that one show, which was the same amount of money it had at a previous radio station for the entire week's work. Uh, so it was nice. Uh, so, the, yeah, I did the, the late show, and it had, back then, it had a love 10 at 10, 10 love songs at 10 o'clock, which is what you want at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, you know. It's 1999, it's Saturday night. Who doesn't want to hear love songs? So I was doing that, and I remember the first, I was so nervous, and the, it's a hometown station sort of thing, and I, and I it was like, my voice was so nervous. And I was supposed to be going into Two Become One by the Spice Girls, and um, it, it was those days, it was on CD, and I, I was like, hey, it's... 96.9 Viking FMs of love, 10 at 10. And uh, here's the Spice Girls and two become one. And I queued up the wrong CD and he just went, yo, I tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So, <laughs> which, which was not the biggest love song in the world. Uh, and I'm like, ah, that's it. My career's over, um, like before it's even begun. And then uh, after that, you pretty much did every show on the lineup, didn't you? Yeah, I went from weekends, uh, one night, one uh, part of the weekends before I started uh, on the weekdays because they wanted to, I wanted, I was like, well, I can't stay here because you're only paying pay me for one show. So it's okay, we'll give you six shows a week, but all at the weekend. And one of them was nine hours long. Huh. Uh, and it was from 10 p.m. till 7 a.m. the next morning on a Saturday night. That was what I ended up doing. Uh, that was one of the shows. One of them was six hours. One of them was four. Um, one of them was nine hours long. And that was hell. Because by four in the morning, you don't know what's going on, who you are, or anything. And I was also recording as Dave Allett uh, on Magic at the time. And I several times got my name wrong, got the station wrong in the middle of the night. I'm saying it's on Viking. And I'm saying this is Magic 11.61. 61. 
And um, I'm Dave Alex. No, I'm not. I'm Mark. So it was, <laughs> it was a, a ridiculous situation. And then I went on to Lates and then moved on to Evenings, uh, then to Drive, then to Afternoons, and then to Breakfast. And, of course, you teamed up with uh, the lovely Sam Hayward. Uh, fun memories of doing Breakfast? Mm. Really, really fun. Really great memories of doing breakfast. It was a, it was a, it was a great time, and I, it was. I mean, I took over from you guys. So it had a a great pedigree. So you and uh, your then co-host Tom uh, were doing it, and and you'd done it for three years. Was it three years you did it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then I did it for three years with Sam. Um, and it was a great time, and and you know that you know it was this period of the late nineties and through the two thousands where things were just crazy. You know, it was just like everything was mental. It was so such a crazy time, and I remember one of the things that Viking and I was like seventeen, eighteen, uh, and they're like, we want you to go out and live the life of the listener, and of course, the real life of the listener is you know taking the kids to school you know, maybe having a drink on the weekend or whatever. But no, the idea from EMAP at the time was the life of the listener was going to nightclubs as much as possible and being an absolute wreckhead. And I managed to do that quite successfully. You, I've got to say, Mark, I think out of everybody in EMAP, <laughs> I think you 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 did it the, the best out of everyone, mate. You did such a good job at that. <laughs> I was in a bit of a mess, to be honest. I remember very little of the 2000s. <laughs> for that reason but it was it was a lot of fun it really was a lot of fun didn't have a penny to show for it so you were very good you see you you were quite sensible at times and you managed to put your money into property and all that kind of stuff and and make yourself some money i did nothing i i drank my way through my wages for the entire nine years i was a uh, uh, viking and earning good money and i had literally nothing to show for it at the end of it i used to wonder how like we'd get towards the, the, the payday and you'd be completely broke you, i'd be broke by day two yeah. i'd be broke by day two like my, i remember my mum saying when i was uh, bringing up to borrow money as i often did mark you earn three times as much as anybody in this household how do you manage to be skin after three days of being paid and i'm like well got a drug habit no uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> I, no, I, I, I give, I give money to charity. Uh, no, so, yeah. but it was a crazy time because we were encouraged to be crazy, and then when we all got a little bit too crazy, we all had to leave. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. As as the landscape changed, we all had to grow up a little bit, I guess. Yeah, and so so you left Viking after what was it nine years you were there, mm -hmm. and 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 then what did you do after that? Well, after the nine years, I, I left. I'd been on three years. I didn't really like the person that I'd become. But you know, it was all taking its toll. I wanted to get out of Hull. Um, I couldn't stand the person I was working for at the time, the boss. Uh, so I just quit with no job to go to. And then about a week after I'd quit, the two thousand eight financial crisis hit the world, and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> what? Great timing, Mark. Great timing. What, what have I done? Is that, did you so, ring? Your, uh, did you have to ring your mum? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. mum. No, I really did. So I was I, no, I was screwed for a little while, only for a few months, and then uh, uh, and I applied for a few jobs and I went for a few job interviews. One for Heart down in Cambridge, I think I did a a test for that and uh, and I'd, I'd been interviewing with dick stone at trent as was now capital of course uh at trent fm and then i went there and i did the hit music network 
um, on the weekend, overnight, and it was networked across six stations, the most random of six, six stations. It was Ram FM, Derby, Leicester Sound, Trent FM, and then three radio stations whose name, names I cannot remember uh, around London. So you had everyone from like... <laughs> Hang on, Matt. What do you mean you can't remember the names of the station? I can't remember because because it was networked. Right. I only said them when I recorded the names. <laughs> uh, this is so Mark Summers. It really is. <laughs> you have not got an effing clue what stations you're actually broadcasting no, on. I, I have no idea what the names were, to be honest. I can't remember. It, there was one in uh, Hertfordshire. Uh, I know Gatwick was in the TSA because people used to messaging on the way to work at Gatwick Airport. So, <laughs> you know, so that was fun. And then I uh, I got a job, uh, Orion, um, David Lloyd, Daryl Woodman wanted me to go to Beacon, but then they they put me in for three months covering on Wyvern FM, doing Wyvern Breakfast with uh, Helen there. And, and I, so I did all five days living in this B&B. I did all five days doing Wyvern Breakfast, then uh, went straight to Nottingham to do Trent FM Weekend. So I did seven days a week for about three months and then started breakfast at Beacon. Now, this was a funny thing because so they, they had this thing at Orion saying, you know, we are local. The big thing was we are local. Everyone else is networking, but we are local. And then they started to network. So they said, we are local, but we're just local to a bigger area. <laughs> so, so, they, so, they, so I moved from breakfast to Beacon and started doing afternoons on Wyvern and Beacon on a network. And then they got rid of that network. So it's so uh, uh, my first ever time to get told, oh, I'm afraid you've lost your job. So, so I, I left there. Then you kind of just disappeared, Mark, and I started to worry. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, the 2010s were fun too, to be honest. No, I, I, I did a few bits of bobs here and there. I, I was working back at Orion. I used to do uh, BRMB or free radio on a weekend. And uh, then I, I got a call from Viking asking me to go back to Viking to do stuff there. And I had to drive for a while. So hang on, hang on, Mark. So, so Mark, you went back. I, I, I genuinely didn't realise that you'd gone back to Viking, but you'd left Viking. because did, you, yeah. You didn't, you didn't like the person you'd become and you'd Unless let's be honest, you didn't like the person in charge. So was it a, was it a different? No, I really didn't. No. Was it? No, I know. So what, was it a different person in charge that rang you, or, or were you that like? It was. It was. It was. Right, okay. Uh, I remember I was sitting in an STI clinic waiting for a result, <laughs> and, and my phone rang. There is a reason for that because I'd just been offered a job in in Cairo. And you need to have uh, squeaky clean. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, so I was just waiting for the results of my test, and I'm sitting there in the STI clinic, and my phone goes, and it's uh, the PD, the acting PD, I think it was, uh, from Viking at the time. So, hang on, I'm more interested. So he called. What, hang on, said, so I'm more worried about the results. Was were you all clear? Were you good? <laughs> you were good to go for Cairo. I was all clear. <laughs> I was surprised too, John. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but but I was I was I was all clear, and, uh, and so yeah. So I went back to Viking for the for the rest of 2012, and I did my last show I think at Viking on New Year's the day before New Year's Eve, and then I moved to Cairo uh, a couple of days later. I mean, what a move! Was it to be on air? Because you you eventually ended up running the station, didn't you? I did for a little while, uh, which was a nightmare, and I never want to do that again. 
Um, but yeah, but I, I, w- I went to do breakfast on this radio station. Now, I, I knew that I'd love Cairo because I, I knew that it would be something different and uh, something that would appeal that appealed to me very, very much. But I didn't know what the station would be like. And I didn't want it to be like a tin pot station uh, or anything like that. And it, uh, I didn't want it to be an expat station, you know, for all the, the racist Brexit fans. So, uh, you know, for all the all the bacon and eggs brigade and you get a lot of those you get the expat you know community in places like cairo british people who come here and complain about how many foreigners there are here so i didn't want to be broadcasting that to them and they assured me that it wasn't that it was actually a station for egyptians and it really was and there's a huge english-speaking audience for it and it was just an absolute dream job it really was i've never known a dedication to a radio station like the listeners to night fm had and the the person I worked with here, Sally, we, we were just, you know, thrown together. And it was the best thing ever. It was just, you just worked from day one. And the show was incredibly successful for seven years. And we won lots of awards and stuff and became very well known and, and very well respected and stuff and, and known by the right people as well. So it was, it was a, it's, it's been the best move ever. I, I love it here. Well, there's um, stuff in the commission. Well, I'm all for being open-minded, but I'm not all for discussing this live on air. Thank you. We are profoundly uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. You talked about doing the breakfast show with Sally. Did you really get on? Yeah. Yeah, we did, actually. I mean, there have been some horror shows uh, over the years, but they didn't last very long. But uh, Sally is still one of my closest friends. Uh, Sam, who I worked with at Viking, uh, still friends. Uh, I had some people that that really didn't like me, and I couldn't understand. Everybody likes me, surely. And it was just like uh, uh, Helen, bless her, who I worked with at Wyvern. Oh, she could not stand me at all. <laughs> well, the, I, I, I wore her down, but uh, they thought, oh, who's this being brought in this new company? Oh, apparently they're all in this cabal together. They all thought, you know, David Lloyd's friends bringing these people in. And uh, and it was really hard um, at Beacon as well. Uh, it just I felt so much like uh, you know that no one wanted to talk to me, be my friend, or everyone saw me as the enemy. And it was a very strange environment. So um, you know when that finished, I wasn't too devastated. Do you know I I um, I saw Helen in Sainsbury's a couple of weeks back. So next time I see her down the uh, the bread aisle, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on your love. No, I love her. I do love her. We got on great. Uh, but they realised that I wasn't the mole. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were fine. And and I love Helen to bits. I think she's a lovely person and, and uh, a really good broadcaster as well. And we really had a good time towards the... Once she realised I wasn't getting the job full time, We she warmed to me. Yeah. So, yeah, so I really like Helen uh, a lot. But, yeah, but it's that difficulty. I hadn't experienced it before of going to somewhere new and not being able to just bounce in i think i was they just kept calling me the northerner you know and i hadn't ever felt northern before but i, I suddenly did out in uh in worcester let's just get on to the juicy mm. stuff the stories that you know we, we all share radio presenters who have been professional presenters when they get in the boozer and it's those stories and this is what the, the podcast is all about and I, i've been itching to ask you this question because i and everybody listening to this podcast already knows the answer but mark summers have you ever been drunk on air? No. I haven't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there was uh, there was a time, uh, there was a few times when I was a little bit worse for wear. Um, but but to be honest, actually, not that much. It was more the morning after the day before. You still feel a little bit drunk. 
Um, I'm, I'm, Mark, I'm, I'm not buying this. I'm sorry, but many a time <laughs> I used to come into the studio after you'd been in there and it'd stink of Bacardi. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that wasn't that wasn't being drunk on air. That was drinking on air. There was a nice little cupboard that you could put your <laughs> bottles in. Because uh, unfortunately, they didn't have an ashtray. That was the only... <laughs> well, no, which, I mean... For the mo- which, which they did <laughs> at hospital... When we were at hospital radio, they did have ashtrays because yeah. you and I used to smoke in the studio, which I just... Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Look back at it now and like, Jesus, what are I we know. doing? Well, apparently, like, back in the day uh, on the radio, the morning presenters were like, hello, good morning, welcome along to the... Rip. <sighs> Ah, oh, welcome. And it'd be like that. People would be smoking whilst they're like mid-link. Crazy. I mean, we're perhaps not drunk on air, but I mean, you are quite notorious for doing gigs and PAs for radio stations and enjoying a drink. Is that true, Mark? I was carried out of my own PA once <laughs> by the bouncers because I just sort of collapsed. And bless the guy, it was Bridlington, I think. The owner thought this was hilarious. I decided to ring up Viking. And say, oh my God, Mark was hilarious when he came on Friday. We had to carry him out the place. He was, he passed out in the booth. Uh, Viking weren't quite as amused. Can I ask, was that Liberty's nightclub in Bridlington? Because that place you know, well, probably was. Yeah, yeah. I because I did that uh, for a few Fridays, and it was. Uh, but that was the place where somebody spat at me because they realised I wasn't actually mixing. I'd got Paul Foster, who is another presenter with us, to to pre-mix a CD. And I just, I was stood there pretending, and occasionally just pretending to scratch records. And somebody spotted that, and they decided to spit at me. <laughs> I had that at the Gallery Nightclub in York. Uh, someone spat on my head because you look down on the. Uh, you could look over a balcony over the DJ and someone spat on my head. And I was, I was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> it was good money though. It was really good money for doing very little, but I was like, I don't want to come to these places. I don't even like going to them when I'm not being paid, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I um, have this really fond memory of you uh, in the whole daily mail when you opened up a shop and <laughs> Most presenters, when a photographer from a local newspaper says, oh, do you know what would be a really good idea, right? If you get in the shopping trolley and put headphones around your neck, right, and then put your thumbs up. Now, 99% of presenters say no to that, but not no, Mark No, they don't. Not Mark not Summers. Not when you're 17, 18. Mark, does my memory serve me right? There is a picture of you in a shopping trolley with headphones around your neck. Uh, there's a picture of me in a shopping trolley with quick-save brochures, uh, you know, magazines. Um, which was, a, it wasn't even a new shopping centre I was opening, it was a renovated quick save. Um, <laughs> and I got paid £400 for being there for about 10 minutes. And I remember the manager being very upset because he, he said, well, where's your, uh, where's your outfit? Do you need to change? He thought I was going to be, he wanted me to have like the, the radio station logo and like a jacket. But unfortunately what happened was, uh, and we were trying to be very cool at Viking FM at the time, and the, the boss then, Stuart Baldwin, was absolutely mortified when this picture turned up in the newspaper. And I'm like, they paid me 400 quid. And he was upset. But the problem is, every time the whole Daily Mail wanted to do an article about me, they used the same picture. Or if they were slagging me off in the paper or something, uh, or I was having a spat with one of their journalists, they would use the same picture over and over again. And every time people like you would pen it up on the board in the office <laughs> and it would it would send the boss absolutely apoplectic. <laughs> so, Mark, have you ever used this sentence? Do you know who I am? 
Yes, but only because I've forgotten who I was, I think, probably. <laughs> officer. <laughs> that, that, yeah, officer. Do you know who I am? Um, no, I haven't, actually. I don't think you really needed to, because I think you were very well known, mainly by publicans. <laughs> and bouncers. Um, and bouncers, yeah. Who? I mean, the bouncers used to have to escort you out of the uh, the premises, and, and, and the publicans... <laughs> I mean, is it true that you had to work at a boozer to pay off your bar tab? <laughs> I did, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't just to pay off the bar tab. It was. It was because I loved doing it. It's like I'm going to be here anyway, and it was before the smoking ban had come in. So um, you can stand behind the bar, chatting as I would be anyway, and serving the drinks. It was just really good fun. So I used to do that. And then I did it again a bit later, and I was doing the breakfast show at the time, and I'd work in the evenings <laughs> behind the bar in a pub. But it was just because I, lo- I love doing it, to be honest. Let's talk about celeb stories. So a- any celebrity stories, times, you know, bad, awkward interviews that you've you've done? Do you know, most of them were okay. I, uh, I did an interview with, oh, what's the name? <laughs> Dancing on Robin. That was it. Okay. And I thought I'd start with an irreverent question. So I said, oh, what's it like being Swedish? Uh, uh, To which the the interview went downhill uh, from there on. That was was an interview that I regretted doing, because I love Robin and still do. But most of them were quite all right. I did get into trouble with a few people. Michelle Collins, who played Cindy at EastEnders, was in a play, the play what I wrote, it was called. It was about Morecambe and Wise. And she'd just been on the team. I was on Drive, and she'd just been on the local BBC Look North uh, talking about it. And I decided to comment on this, which I did. And I said something unpleasant about her, which I won't repeat because it's libelous. So I, I said this comment, and she was in the taxi on the way back from the, the news at the time, going to the theatre. And apparently she said to the taxi driver, oh, they're talking about our play, turn it up. <laughs> and then I said something really mean. And then promptly, when I finished at seven o'clock, went straight to the theatre to see the premiere, the, the the preview of the show. And they came looking at me at the interval. Who's Mark? Who's Mark in the press room? And and I got a right dressing down. And then she left a, a Cindy herself, Michelle Collins, who I love still. And it was my fault. And I was very mean and it was very awful. I feel embarrassed about it. Left a answering machine message at Viking saying, I don't know who's on the radio now, but he's the world's biggest wanker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I want someone to call me back because what he said is blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I, I rang her back. You rang her back yourself? I did. They forced me to. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, I had to ring her back. So I rang her back and I left her this groveling uh, message on her answering phone uh, saying, I'm so sorry for what I said and I didn't mean it, blah, blah, blah. I was just trying to be clever, which I was, and I regret doing that. But yeah, the world's biggest wanker, Michelle Collins, is what I would have on. <laughs> Is what I would have on my posters, I think. <laughs> yeah, that'll be on your gravestone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'd, I'd not heard that story, and that has made me smile. Um, <laughs> a story about Will Young as well, Mark? You'd interviewed Will Young, if I remember rightly, for breakfast yeah. uh, that day. And then we were doing him straight after. And uh, I'd sort it out with the record company that my mum would come in and do this sort of interview. So... Uh, my mum was so nervous and I brought my mum in and stuff and she'd baked him some stuff and, you know, she'd brought it in and she was so excited to meet him. She spent a fortune voting for him on Pop Idol. And then he's there, we'll meet him and stuff and she, he meets my mum and stuff. And then he goes to the bathroom 
And he calls his manager and says, I'm not doing this interview. I'll do the interview with the presenters, but I'm not doing the interview with that woman. Uh, so the record exec came back in and stuff and told me about this in front of my mom, who cried. And my, my mom, she's got a heart of stone. She doesn't cry very much, but she was very upset. I said, if you don't get that motherfucker out of this radio station uh, right now, I will be kicking him out. Um, <laughs> so, so they left. And uh, we didn't do an interview with Will Young, funnily enough, but you did. Yeah. I, and I, then, uh, I, and then I got to trash him afterwards. Well, uh, I, I'm going to be. I, I will back your your feelings towards Will Young. Although I have been told that um, he, he's a lot nicer now. But uh, yeah, there was a whole. Uh, but apparently, he is. Yes. Yeah. And I, I must say, your mum is is adorable as well. So uh, I, she I is ha- lovely. I hate him now as well for that story. <laughs> We're having a party. Oh yeah. What has been? And there may be more than one here, Mark. But what has been your Biggest on-air fuck-up. What do you mean there may be more than one? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I mean, Mark, what is that supposed to I, mean? I, I've listened to you for many years. I can think of at least 20. <laughs> oh, I, I swore once. I said, uh, I, I hate fucking roller coasters, but that wasn't my fault. <laughs> Hang on, whose fault was, was it? Fault. What do you mean? Well, they'd, they'd made me go in a glider. Uh, and I was, I was, I was supposed to be. I'm live on the phone in a glider. What happens is, is the 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 string pulls you, and then it shoots you up into the air really fast, and then you soar without an engine over uh, over um, the green fields of Yorkshire. That's what I was doing. So I was on the phone, and I'm like, and it pulls you really fast. It's like a roller coaster, and I hate fucking roller coasters. <laughs> uh, to which the person on the other end of the phone was Sam Hayward, who was like, oh, 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 Mark. Uh, so he's very nervous he apologizes for that and i'm like "Ah!" and i hate heights and i hate i hate flying so so i guess that was a a a fucking fuck up (laughs) forgot about that um do you know what here's a question and i i don't know who you're going to say for this who who are your radio heroes or or inspirations i used to really love a guy called al dupre who who has since become a really masterful voiceover. But he used to do the Late Night Love Affair and stuff on Viking FM. I was never a big Radio 1 listener or anything like that. I never listened to the Nationals. But I did listen to to Viking FM growing up. And Al Dupre was one. Harriet Scott was another. Simon Logan, although he was on in the morning, which was always a bit difficult. Mark Dennison, uh, who I got a chance to work with at Trent later. Uh, he was a fantastic broadcaster. So I loved all that lot, the 90s uh, Viking FM people. And I used to sit on the wall when I was about, oh, about nine. I used to make my friend walk all the way to Commercial Road where Viking FM was. And we used to sit on the wall outside. The poor guy, my poor friend, uh, didn't want to be doing this really in the summer holidays. But we used to sit on the wall outside all day. And I had my little autograph, you know, to get things autographed and meet the presenters. And I did. I met Harriet and I met Simon Logan, who later became a very close friend. Uh, years later, and all sorts of others. And, and they were all very nice. Al, I met, and I've met several times since. And I still get a little bit starstruck about people like Al Dupre and and that kind of, that old Viking crew. I was always nervous talking to Mark Dennison and stuff because they were my heroes when I was a kid. Uh, do you know, it was similar for me, because of course you and I were very lucky to do to do shows on, on Viking because it was our hometown station and you and I both grew up wanting to be on that station. We were, bo- we were both desperate to get on that station. And, and yeah. can you... Can you remember that day when you walked into, you'd been offered a, a job and you, can mm. you remember that day that you walked into Viking and how you felt? No, I was drunk. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah, I, I do remember. I do remember. It was just, 
it was amazing. It was awesome. just to be in that building and be around those people at the time when I started. It was uh, uh, J.K. and Joel. There was David Johnson. There was um, uh, Matthew, Matthew Rudd. Matthew, Matthew Rudd, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And various other people. And it was a really, a Scott Makin, who was fabulous. And these were all really nice people, and people are still friends to this day. And uh, it was an amazing place to be and amazing people to be around. Any regrets? Um, uh, not really. I mean, I kind of, it, it, leaving Viking with no job to go to when I was doing the breakfast show was a bit of a, a stupid thing to do. But at the same time, if I hadn't done it, then life wouldn't be what it is now. You know, I would never have probably ended up in Cairo, which was probably the best decision that I ever made, really. But that being said, I think I'd been, I think I wish I'd been more confident when I was younger. I, I wasn't, I was confident socially, I think, but on air, I didn't fulfill the potential at that time that I probably could have done. I, I always felt I had that, you know, as many people do, that imposter syndrome thing and that sort of, that thing of like, oh, someone's going to find out. I thought I was lucky to be there. And in fact, when I look back on it, I was I was good at what I did. And I didn't think, I didn't feel it at the time. I mean, you picked up some awards along the way. I have, I have indeed. The first one was just after my 18th birthday, uh, the EMAP Awards at uh, Alexandra Palace in London. It was, a, it's a, it's a, it was a strange affair. Weirdly, most of the people, most of the time, were in the toilets. Uh, it was fun. it was weird. So I got the uh, I, I won what they called the Supernova Award, or the like, sort of best newcomery sort of thing, back in uh, I think it was the year two thousand. So I went up, collect the award, and I come off. And Sue Timpson, who was the managing director of Viking FM at the time, was there to give me a big hug. And I stood on her foot and <laughs> and broke her toe, and she had to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh yeah. Viking was mm. one of the, the the final stations to still be using CDs. So, yeah. So what, what track and what CD was Blur Song 2 on, Mark? Oh. Was that, uh, was that GH? Was that GH one? No, no. no. Greatest Hits one? It was, uh, it was a VK. VK? VK? VK, VK yeah. 2 VK05. VK02? Track one. Okay. Which, okay. which, of course, was always the uh, the emergency song that you needed if you were a little bit early for the news and you didn't want to piss Kirsty <laughs> yes. Moore off. Get Blur Song 2 on, quickly. <laughs> that quickly. is true. That is true. Now, people like things like, um, you know, Bittersweet Symphony and stuff. If you're a smoker and you have to go outside for a cigarette, Bittersweet Symphony, several songs like that. But you always knew the, bit, the part of the song where, you know, like uh, after the bridge of the song or whatever, where it was time to start making your way back. I remember, I think it was one of the first times I did daytime at Viking. I'd put Truly Madly Deeply on by Savage Garden and got out for a cigarette out the uh, out the front door. And then the door wouldn't open to get back in. Um, and the receptionist didn't know how to do it. So I was stuck <laughs> in reception, <laughs> listening to the song Fade to Nothing um, before someone ran out and got me. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. I generally, I don't know how you survived the industry as long as you did. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How did it, I mean, this. I mean, I was 364 days a year. I was on it. But <laughs> just that uh, one you know, day. I was... Yeah. 
<laughs> just, there's an odd day a year, you know. <laughs> All right, let's let's just talk about Cairo. So you're in Cairo now. You you've left mm. the radio station that you were part of. Yes, you, you enjoyed it greatly. And what are you doing now? Well, I've been. I did a podcast. Would you believe I was doing a podcast, and it was with uh, uh, an online magazine called Scoop Empire. It was a daily podcast, and it was, and I did 52 episodes. And it was it was very difficult. Daily is 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 very hard work. You sort of, and I was doing all the editing and all the I was doing everything. So it, it was very difficult. I'm about to launch a new podcast on my own in the next few weeks or so, and it's going to be weekly because I'm not a psychopath. I, you know, <laughs> daily's too much. You're doing TV and film, aren't you? You're doing extra work. You can be seen on Egyptian I, TV. I did some extra stuff when I first finished because I just wanted to see what it was like. Because I used to do some acting when I was younger, and uh, here in Cairo at Nana Fem, they would. I got a role uh, in a movie, and uh, they wouldn't let me do it. So when I left Nana Fem, I decided to start uh, doing more acting and stuff. And uh, I've just had a an audition for a main villain in a movie that's coming up. So I'm hoping that I get that. That'll be exciting. And I've done quite a bit. I've done some ads, some commercials, some, uh, some stuff like that. So it's been, it's been really fun. Um, I've just turned 40 and it's been a really exciting time to be honest. Bloody hell. You're 40. I just, I still think you're 16 in my head. I can't believe it. (laughs) Me too, John. Me too. (laughs) Not your liver. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, thank you very much for being on Crunch and Roll. It's been one of it's my been a pleasure. It's been one of my favourites that we've done. I have uh, such fond memories of, of us growing up together and getting onto Viking, doing. I mean, you being Dave Allett on Magic, and me being Mickey Magic on Magic <laughs> Eleven Sixty One, and and just we, we experienced some amazing times of which we've you've shared some of them on uh, on the podcast. Uh, before no, no, you, before before you do go, we we always finish and we always ask. I mean, I'm guessing you've done voiceover works. So you've always had a great voice. Have you yes, done- I have. I have done. I've done, I've done quite a lot. I did some stuff for Heineken, and uh, I advertised a cooking pot. Um, <laughs> Hang on, tell me about the cooking. <laughs> Let me hear the cooking pot advert. I need to hear this, Mark. Come on. The cooking pot that I advertised was uh, <laughs> it was actually in Vision, and it was like a an infomercial. Right. So it wasn't just a voiceover. It was it was in Vision, and it was called the Orca Pot. It was. It's a wonderful cooking pot. Let me tell you what you can't do with that cooking pot. It's quite funny as well because in the video, uh, the director was could tell that I was getting a little bit tired by this nine hours into the filming. <laughs> so, and, and they were doing the close-up shots of the hands cooking and stuff. So at one point, my hands uh, like it cuts from me down to my hands, and my hands are brown. You know, my hands are Egyptian hands. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> ah. so I, I, if, you, if you look very closely, and, and you can check out Orca Pot on YouTube, you will find me there. <laughs> Cooking pot, I was just brilliant. All right, well, let's hear it then, Mark. You've been listening to Crunch and Roll with me, Mark Summers. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get every new episode as soon as it drops. Crunch and Roll is a 969 media production presented by John Fox and produced by Simon Bashovsky. How's that? Oh, yeah.